Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Hey, and welcome everybody. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 121. Hard to believe. <laughs> and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. Grab a globe, spin it around, bang! Maybe you'll be in the USA. If you are, find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. And that's where we are. This is Man Up. Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys, each on this faith journey. And we hope that that's the kind of guy that you are too. And through these previous 120 podcasts, what we've done is we've talked about all sorts of spiritual issues that have come up. And we are in the foundation of the Christian faith, and that is the Ten Commandments. So, <clears throat> you can find us on iTunes. We have all of our episodes archived on SoundCloud. We're also on Facebook. We have a website at manupspiritualoasis.com. And you're more than welcome to go ahead and to post a comment or a question. And we'll go ahead and we'll answer it at this podcast. Just want to let you know of how we do things here. Basically, my name is Bill Cox, and I'm the host. I'm also the director of the Man Up uh, ABF, or Sunday School class. And basically what we do is we're just a group of men. We go over a Sunday School lesson. Here with me, we have a panel discussion of guys that have been, some in the Man Up group, some in other groups, where we go ahead and we dive in deeper. What is so meaningful about this? Well, it's very... It's very simple. We, we do a basic overview of the lesson ahead of time because we're all men and we know that each of you are busy out there, but this is the kind of thing that you don't, you're not able to talk about and, and deeply discuss, especially in this climate. We do a basic overview and maybe this will really speak to you. And then what we'll do after we each do our basic overview we read the scripture, and then we go into it deeper. I will introduce our panel. I introduce it, and there, I mean, men, a lot of us are divine, defined by our occupation, but also we have other interests and other passions, and so I'd like to give a little bit more information about each of these guys because you may identify with one of them or a couple of them in the type of passions they have or their profession. And so, and so you can listen to their voice. And then maybe that'll give you some kind of idea of where you're going with your, in your own faith walk. I consider these guys kind of my mentor, my mentors as I go through this faith journey. I don't want you guys to be alone out there. And this is why we call it a spiritual oasis. It's a place for you to get a drink and then go ahead and, and get out and get on it. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and introduce uh, this week's panel. He is a world-class trainer with a Fortune 100 company. He is almost ready to move back into his house, but... They're kind of messing him around, so he's 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 ready to fight tonight. And that's we call him the professor. It's Robert Koshu. And back from a cruise. Yes, yes, he was on a cruise, and uh, he's an attorney, and uh, he's also a prosecutor, so he could defend you or he could throw the book at you. That's uh he's a resident, he's our resident diver. And writer of the yacht, Mr. Michael Cropper, he's back. Hi, everyone. And and a world class policy writer. He, right, writer. He's also a bit of a professional gambler. <laughs> and that's Mr. Steve Titch. And my name is Bill Cox, and I am basically just a sales guy, kind of a writer and actor is is what I do as well. And we are in 
the Connect 360. And, and you might, if, if you've been following us, a lot of times that we use the Baptist Way Press uh, material, which is absolutely awesome. But, you know, we've also done studies in different books, Maxwell's book and, and other books as well, and, and we probably even have more different ones coming up. But this is a Pillars, the Ten Commandments, and, well, I'm just going to go right into it and get an overview from the fellows, and I'm going to start with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Well, we're, we're going to talk about idolatry, which kind of follows right up on the first commandment we talked about last week, um, uh, no other gods before me. I, uh, the idolatry is kind of the other, you know, uh, the same coin, different side. Essentially, it comes down to uh, don't make an idol of Yahweh. Don't try to put Yahweh into some kind of physical thing that you can worship. And in general, don't worship idols in any form. Very good. Professor. Yeah, it, it was interesting. I was we were talking. I um, struggled how to balance this. Don't have any other gods before me. With don't make idols between the two, and I finally landed on. I think we're going to visit and have a little discussion back and forth. With last week was all about what you do with you internally. This week is partially what you do with your stuff. Not that having stuff is bad. I'll, we'll talk about that. But it's what you do with your stuff. Even if your stuff is shipped to you damaged, right? Ready, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, it's, I'm going to have a great story at the end. Right. Right. Like I said, uh, the professor, he's in a fight mood tonight. He's a little on the feisty side. He is. He's, he's on edge. Yeah. <laughs> he is. And it's good to see you. It cheers me right up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Judge Cropper, welcome back. Nice well, hand. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, it was a good trip. Everybody in Alaska is a wilderness, and it's a place to see if you desire to see a wilderness. It's very pretty. Uh, very, very pretty. Uh, anyway, yes, we went on a cruise, and yes, I saw some at least three whales, and I would like to oh. worship them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we've got to talk more about that. Um, the author, folks, as, as Bill has, has so aptly uh, stated before, that we are in Pillars Connect 360 series. We are in Lesson 3, and it is the second second commandment. And uh, it, it goes into a lot more detail than the first one that you all covered last week. And uh, the author himself says at the front of, our, of our, our, our lesson, Lesson 3, says, Have you got any rituals that have become a part or a substitute for genuine worship and service? Now, I gave my life to the Lord back in 1970, a long time ago. And I, and I heard anything from don't watch the TV, it can be a sin because you can make it an idol. Uh, I, I, playing games on the, on the TV with your children uh, or, 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 or using up time that would be to God. All these things have crossed my mind. I mean, I hope we get into that a little bit. And that's simply how you use your time. Uh, I remember one time that... Right after I gave my life to the Lord, uh, we were, I, I was over the youth group at the church I was attending, and uh, I, I had, we had started singing, and we were going to other churches and testifying, giving our testimony of how, what God means to us. And uh, one night I had the particular youth group, we were asked to come to uh, uh, another denomination, I don't want to say the name, but we were asked to come there on a Sunday night. And so I asked the kids to go home. I, this was all new to me. I'd been a Christian about one year. And... Uh, and I asked the kids to go home and ask their parents if it was okay to visit another church on a Sunday night. Because at that time, I was going Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, faithful. I wasn't married yet. I had time to do it. And I, I was trying to be a good and faithful Christian at that time. And I got confronted by one of the deacons the next week and said, you're going to sin and take our children away from the church. And I looked at him and said, What? <laughs> I said, that's why I told the children to go home. My dad was not a Christian. My mother was. So I really had no guidance that you're supposed to ask the deacons of the pastor this instead of the parents. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. I get it. Yeah. I was confused. I didn't know oh, what to do. Oh, I was okay. confused too. Right. So, so I looked at the deacon and I said, well, gosh, don't you go every other Sunday to your ranch in Hockley and feed your cattle? <laughs> oh, you're not supposed you to say that. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't know any of that. 
I said, no. He says, well, I have, I have to do that. He says, I have to do that. I said, no, you don't. Don't buy cattle. <laughs> right? I mean, is it so? So I'm sitting there going. So what I'm what I'm trying to put yeah. this in, in reality is, Koshu's <laughs> over here just almost falling out of his chair. I, I, I was listening because I I I've been in that church with that deacon. <laughs> I don't know his name, but I know I've been yeah. with him. <laughs> so anyway, so what, what I'm coming back to is practical reasoning and logic and looking at this from our own personal experiences. If we get to that, if we don't, if we just look at what. The the, uh, the thing says and, and two it's fine but uh, no there's a, there's to me some practicality in it reasoning I mean right. uh, uh, so anyway does that make sense absolutely <laughs> that totally makes sense. now um, I and and I hope that you're out there listening understand this that I mean this is and this is why we consider if you've seen some of our uh, our promotions and stuff it's no answer, uh, it's no church answers tour because some of the stuff that we say. Just might be stupid if you were if you were a pastor, okay? And, and but but so many people, so but so many people out there probably have the same questions as me, okay? I was raised. Oh, oh, and here we got to Now we got to But here's the here's the thing that yeah. I said when I was young, and didn't, but. And, and I st and I still thought about this, and I still thought about this when I read this lesson. Sure. And it was this: I had a friend that I, my grandparents were Mennonites, my parents were Methodists. I was one of these church kids. I just liked to go. I just thought it made my life better. I really didn't necessarily know why. I just went. I just believed. No eureka moment or anything. Yeah. And I was probably maybe 10, 12 years old, and this friend of mine asked me to go to a non-denominational church. I said, sure. I went, experienced it. I thought it was great. He goes, why don't you come and join? I said, because I do not I question, want non to. Non-denominational, like Lakewood's non-denominational, charismatic? Uh, yeah, okay. something like that. I totally enjoyed it. I totally enjoyed it. He yeah. said, why don't you come and join? I said, because I worry about worshiping the pastor when you don't have a set doctrine mm -hmm. and even I knew at that particular point in my life you don't worship the messenger no okay no. and no. even at that that and and so there's times when you have to be adult enough to know the difference yeah. and and even then I understood, and just want to let everybody know this is Man Up Podcast, Spiritual Oasis for Men, number 121. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys. We're suspending that rule except, for a second except, week, except, except, for <laughs> except for Pastor Post is back. And Larry Post, I believe, uh, we established uh, the last time he was here, he was a finance guy, if you guys didn't know that, before he was a pastor. Yeah. So... You better have your checkbook reconciled, otherwise he's going to call you out. So, <laughs> Pastor Post, we're glad he's a here. better pastor than he is a financial. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably a happier one too. Happier one. Yeah, basically, what we're doing, uh, Pastor, is uh, we're just doing a brief overview of lesson three: substituting ritual for reality. Your basic overview of it, and then we're going to go into the scripture and have deeper, uh, deeper discussion. So your basic uh, impression or overview of this particular uh, lesson. Well, first of all, I'm glad I didn't miss it, since I even, even though I'm late. Um, but this passage, I think that in if you go harken back a little bit to verse three, God laid the foundation in in verse three. And now in verse 4, 5, and 6, he is expanding on that. He's laying, he's giving a bit more detail. He's giving a bit more of the, of the meat, if you will. And I think that it's a, if you look at that, if you look back, the, the thou shalt have no other gods before me. Well, that's, that's a, it's not a request, it's a definitive statement. So now he's really beginning to flesh that out. He's beginning to give them a little bit more of the meat of what he's really talking about and going to be talking about in that the, the, 
the first commandment asserts the unity of God and is a protest against polytheism. Right. So. Okay, well, uh, I guess that yeah. goes to no, show who's uh, who's correct, Steve Titch. I mean, the teacher came in and our, our papers got graded and Steve's was correct. So. <laughs> what, what I thought was interesting, and right before you do this, I thought it was very interesting. We just had an opening where we had five very distinct views of the same scripture. <laughs> no question about it. And with any, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and read the scripture. Exodus 20, 4 through 6. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Now, <clears throat> me personally... I like being able to come into church and be able to have the environment give me a religious experience. And I like the imagery and stuff. But I think I'm adult enough to understand that although I may like a painting that depicts a scene of some type, that I don't worship it. Right. Okay? Some passage of scripture that that you see in the painting or that That's the painting right. is talking mm -hmm. about. Yeah. yeah. Or or something or something like that. But I know some people that take this to extremes. Mm -hmm. And whereas to me, I like having stuff mm -hmm. around me. Well, well there's sometimes there's there's like both extremes. I mean, out of, certainly out of the Baptist tradition, if, if you come to our, our church, this sanctuary, you will not see any real, sta you won't see any statuary, you won't see any, anything really built or a representation of not only of Jesus, of saints or anything like that. Um, we have two stained glass windows, both of them have ornate crosses on them. Uh, and outside, outside the sanctuary in the lobby area that goes around the sanctuary, you'll find some paintings. Unlike, say, a Catholic church where I grew up in. Right. Very good um, point. Absolute opposite. Um, yeah, and, and here's where it can get confusing because I don't, if you, you know, you, you go deep, you don't, a, a, a Catholic will not say we are worshiping a statue. However, they will put a statue in a chapel or if you, if you go to any, any cathedral, uh, U.S. Or, or Europe, you'll find small chapels along the side, and there'll be uh, there'll be a, a Virgin Mary will be in there, uh, perhaps a statue of Jesus or a crucifix, and I guess the idea is to channel something, but you do kneel down in front of it and mm -hmm. pray. You are not praying to the statue, or you really shouldn't to be thinking that you are. You're that is maybe something to. That to to basically bring you into the presence of the Lord, um, but it is tricky. And 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 and, and as it you is. go through his history, there have been outright fights and violence over what you put in the in a sanctuary the, the of a church. The very first schism that occurred in the Christian church, iconoclast, that was I I, was be, was between. What we now call Orthodox, mm -hmm. which is the Russian, Russian Greek, mm -hmm. Armenian, mm -hmm. kind of that area. The Eastern Church. Yeah, the Eastern, the Eastern Church. Church. Mm -hmm. right. And the Catholic Church over icons. Mm -hmm. right. the, right. What it, we it, call the Roman Catholic. Yeah. Right, the Roman <laughs> right. Catholic the versus Orthodox. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and and Greek, going to a Greek Orthodox, I've been to a couple of Greek Orthodox services. Very interesting and very different. Being Catholic, let me ask you this question then. I have read more more than one place that says that the the Catholics have taken this commandment out simply because of their propensity, if you will, to have statues of Christ and the Virgin Mary and maybe St. Peter or Paul or whoever it is 
and you and I have read that two or three places, and I, I thought to myself, and the question became, okay, do they only have nine commandments? And the response to that was no, they have taken the last commandment and made two out of it to maintain that. Uh, well, that's not true. I'm I, I, the, the, and, and I'm not a Catholic theologian. I understand. But that the the idolatry commandment still exists in Catholicism. And if we have Catholic listeners out there, I invite you to comment on this. Student <laughs> is schooling the teacher at this I, moment. I, so 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 so, but. But I'm not going. I'll go as far as there are issues. I can understand issues that the Reformation had. There is a there is a practice in the Catholic Church called the veneration of the cross, which I hate to say it gets awfully close to idolatry, and that is done on Good Friday, and that's when a crucifix is basically presented, and the and the the worshippers come up one by one, and kiss the feet of the statue of Jesus on the cross. That is about, and they call it the veneration of the cross. Now I look up in the dictionary and there's a very, and I'm a writer, there's a very little difference between the word veneration and worship. And the church, the Catholic church itself, really cuts some very thin hairs on it. So, uh, it, that's that's where and that I can understand where that troubles that that where that troubled the the, the reformers of the of the 16th mm -hmm. century mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, but then again for for so long um, the church and remember the Catholic Church only was the Catholic Church before the Reformation and the, and the schism but this was a way that illiterate people could understand and learn right and and there is a great artistic tradition. To the church, uh, both, both you know, right up you know through the Renaissance, right up to today, there you know Chagall um, is is <coughs> I think in, in, as a has a new piece in the Ram, Ras Cathedral in 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 France. Um, so this is not that we again, again. I guess it comes down to being very careful. Well, that is a very good point because that was one of the older gentleman's comments, who was. Uh, previously a Catholic, mm -hmm. he still wears a crucifix and he comes to our Baptist church and he comes to the man up class. And what he said, the, the whole purpose of a crucifix is this, if someone is curious about it, it gives them an opening to talk about have a discussion. the mm -hmm. discussion of what Jesus gave on our behalf by having it. I don't want to say it's gore. I mean, it's certainly graphic for me. I'm not used to it. I understand just by seeing the cross itself. I don't necessarily need to see an actual crucifix. But that's what he said, or that's what he felt it was. It was an opportunity to, to have a discussion, a testimony um, on that. So, I mean... The, you know, that's what you're saying. Exactly. So I, I'm, I'm in, I am intrigued by some of Mike's comments earlier about making the church your idol. Mm. Oh, yeah, no absolutely. question about and, it. And your yes. church. And, and I think there's some tie-in back to what you were talking about, Bill, where it's about, it's not about personality. And, and I think let me be a little careful here. Churches that are similar to Lakewood, and I am not insulting Lakewood in this. I'm using this as an example. That everybody knows. Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. The vast majority of spiritual right. people well, know right. about right. Joel Osteen and right. Lakewood Church. Right. I think those churches tend to run the risk of the personality cult developing much at a much higher percentage than others. But by the same token, I will honestly say, I know that there are banks when they are, and Larry can probably attest to this, when they are looking at financing buildings for churches, I don't know if Second Baptist could get another loan at this moment for their church because Ed Young is incredibly old and no one really knows what the succession plan is. Now this is, this is you're point. talking about Houston. a Houston issue. Just right. Yeah, right. A, ve a very good point on what... 
exactly you know, because when the when the pastor leaves or like what we had when Phil passed away there were people that moved on and so, they didn't wait to see who was 15 percent or so Larry that's right our what? attendance yeah. I mean just Eyeball in the sanctuary yeah. gave me that number. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was every. Yeah, it was every bit. Of, every bit of that. And obviously, we've had some that have come. Right. Back. Right. But you know, initially, there, yeah. But we, but we did have some that. Because there are some people that they won't be around a church if they really don't have a full time pastor. Well, and and the thing about it is, uh, my own personal opinion about my faith, my faith, my faith walk is a mosaic. It's all the different uh, influences I, that I've had in my life, my mentors, the, the people who have, who have pastored me, what I've discovered on my way, what I've read, certainly like, like you, Koshu, you, you, and, and you, Titch, you read, and I don't know what Mike does. He scribbles with a lot of highlighters. But... <laughs> He's ready for cross-examining. <laughs> right, 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 right. He believes, he believes nothing. <laughs> you know, but, but, and, and, oh, and, and Larry, too. But, but Larry's, Larry's is all, all in right lines, man, yeah. whereas Mike's all over the place. But, and, and, and that's why I feel like places like Lakewood have their place to, as a, I don't want to say, Entry level, but but to to reach some asses, and then hopefully the people there um, are their eyes are opened, and then they want a deeper relationship, and and, and they go from there. They go they'll go from there. Well, the, that's the hope. I guess that's the optimistic way of looking at it. I and and we're getting, but I think it plays into a little bit of the adultery and the author of this uh, study. <laughs> titled this Substituting Ritual for Reality. What, what I think draws a lot of people to Lakewood is that it's easy. They can, they can fulfill, they can feel good about going to church on Sunday. Uh, it's a big enough church that they can maintain a degree of anonymity. They can pop in, pop out. I, now, now again, if, if you're out there and you're a Lakewood attendee and you want to refute me, please, by all means, do. But it doesn't seem like there's a... We at this church, you really almost build an expectation that you should be going to ABF. There's an expectation that you not only come worship, you spend another hour in, in Bible study. Uh, and, and there's Small a very group. strong yeah. percentage that do. It's 75%. And so I think, and, I, and, I, and not to pick on Lakewood, because I think, I think a lot of churches are like this. And uh, it's not, I'm going to say, it's not okay to basically turn your religion into a, an hour on Sunday or an hour on Saturday night. Uh, however, you go and that's it. I mean, there was this nice... Piece the author writes about Ivan the Terrible. I was going to. I was trying to find the name of the cathedral in Moscow. Go ahead, talk about that. But but my my point being, my point being, that's that's one way ritual is. There's there's, you know, the idea of yes, you can miss going to church on Sunday, for something that is that you know that is for the moment important. And and that's that's but as as you know but the point is keep your relationship with God. Do not turn your relationship God into a into a regular appointment. That you know oh well I hit it this week I'm 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 good. I'm good. Well, I'm let's good. look at something you said a little little further if that's okay. It, and what I was trying to distinguish earlier and it's really hard for me to distinguish the two but the author makes this point on page forty he says. We must keep in mind that an idol is anything that usurps the place God deserves. So I wrote down this list here okay. of things that, that we, we do, and I mentioned that earlier. And, and, and is that really true, or is it what you do with your faith and what you do with your trust? By not going to church, missing church, and say playing racquetball once a month with all the guys from work or something, are you really, have you developed an idol? idol, idol Idle out of the racquetball, or have you actually formed a bad habit that's not conducive to your growth? Right, and and yeah. I think there is a difference between that, and that's what I was alluding to earlier. Whenever I brought that up, and I said, for instance, what is what does 
America look at right now? What do they follow? We know we look at American Idol. We look at Ninja Warrior. Right? Do, but do Big we brother, place those up? Don't forget The Bachelor. Oh, okay. Come on. Oh, that, that's right. The Bachelorette. That's the right. That's right. The Bachelorette. And, and do we take those, uh, our, band, our band, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, uh, Christy Brinkley. Anyway, uh, the, the question is... how old you are. <laughs> do, do, is, 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 is it a sin if we carry it too far, and is it have we actually made it an idol, or how can you distinguish between something like that? What's keeping you from drawing closer to God? Is it necessarily an idol, or is it just a choice or a decision that we take that's less friction? Well, I think it's... For, instance, for me, it's Does about... Does that make you sense? Absolutely. For me, it's about reverence. And it's about it's about what you absolutely revere, and like what Steve said, and I've quoted it, and I, I love it. Uh, work, play, and worship. Men worship work; they work at play; they play at worship. But you think about winning. People re- absolutely revere winning. They will sacrifice and they will dedicate themselves. And it doesn't even have to be a huge prize. It can, we, we can identify it in athletes like swimmers and stuff, which really, I mean, they, they go to the Olympics, they get glory in the Olympics every, once every four years, okay? And, and they may get some sponsors if they're really good, but they dedicate themselves. And but that moment on the podium, that's the ultimate. They they revere that moment, winning. And and some men, it might be the promotion. They're willing to sacrifice their time, sacrifice their family. They'll even sacrifice their health to win at work. I think winning to many people is God. But well, then what happens yeah. after that 15 minutes of fame and you're either past your winning phase or you're past your prime, if you will, or you're past the, the ability to win and you have sacrificed all of this time and all of this effort to strive to get to that one goal and you're there and now it becomes, okay, now what? It's an empty how vessel. Do I, how do I fill? It's an empty What trophy. do I use to fill that void when all of this stuff is now yeah. bypassed? Now, do you go back to serving God, right? Or do well, you look for something else to fill the void? Well, that's, right? the, that's the is choice. Is that what you're saying? That's the choice. And with that, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take our hard break. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 121. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the fellows of Man Up. Welcome back. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys, except for Pastor Post. He's not a regular guy. He's a pastor. And he came. He snuck in. We have an open-door policy, and... Uh, well, we didn't lock it. <laughs> so Pastor Post is here. And we are talking about um, the Ten Commandments. That's the study that we're in. If you've been following us, we finished up the study of David. Now we're in the Ten Commandments. We're in the Second Commandment. And I want to go back to something that uh, Steve and Professor Koshu were talking about. And that was the Ivan the Terrible story. Did you want to go ahead and uh, do that? So in Moscow, there is a cathedral called the Cathedral of the Dormination of the Virgin. And it is one of the most imposing cathedrals in the Kremlin in Moscow itself. So much so that all of the rulers of Russia, that's where they would go worship. And you have to keep in mind that, as Steve talked about, 
Ivan the Terrible would go and sit in the front pew for hours and worship. Of course, then he would leave and go slaughter thousands and marry eight women and decided, I don't like her anymore. She has to become a nun. I want the young hot one over there now for my wife. So he was, he was as Steve said, punching his clock. <laughs> right. And I, think, and, I, and I think that's something we were kind of all talking about, that it's, it's more than just showing up, and it's easy to substitute your church time for your relationship with God. Well, I'm here, and, and like you said, I'm here all the time. You know, I but, come on Sunday, I come Sunday night, I go Wednesday night, yeah. you know, I do all that, and that's all good, but what is your relationship with God? Do and I you think that's al- where this comes to. Do yes. you allow it to affect you? Men are very good at, at compartmentalizing. Well, we're good at stuff. doing stuff. That's oh, that's that's a great word, compartmentalized, because that's that's really what idolatry is. I mean, on, on, on you know the literal level, it's casting a figure of God and then <laughs> putting him in a niche. Um, idolatry, you, you basically. You're fitting God into your life. You're asking, how does God fit into my life? I'm going to put him here. Yep. As opposed to really the question you should be asking yourself is, how does my life align with God's plan? And how do I do that? And you know, God is the infinite, and you're not going to bottle God down to a vessel, literally or figuratively. Well, and you're also by putting building an image of that where does the image come from because we don't know what God looks like and so what you're doing is you're saying okay I think in my mind that this is what God looks like and just exactly what you said we have compartmentalized God and we have limited God's ability simply by putting boundaries around him think about the person that a a well-rounded Christian they have they are a point and they have a line that has an arrow on the end it's going up to god okay think about the person that has an idol he has a line that has a point on it himself but his line at the end has another point has an end okay that's the idol but like Larry said, say that idol is maybe winning. Maybe he no longer can win. You take that trophy away, that person's line still has a point, end point on it. But it's touching nothing. It's touching nothing. Well, and, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pull the pin on the hand grenade, too. On this. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> uh, especially considering, so... We are recording this on September 11th, 2018. 2019 is the 18th anniversary of 9-11. And just so everybody knows, I'm the guy wearing the 9-11 pin. I got a 9-11 pin from AIG on the one-year anniversary. I've worn it every year on 9-11 since, including today. The absolute worst thing that ever happened to Christianity is it got wrapped up in the state religion world, first in Europe, and then to an extent in America. No, no, it's not our state religion. But in the 80s especially, there were certain segments of Christianity that adopted you have to be full-bore American, Republican, conservative and all that to be a real Christian. And if you're not this, then you're not a real Christian. And that was the absolute worst thing that ever happened to Christianity in America. Because it totally took and put another layer, in my mind, that's a big idolatry that we've had inside the church forever. But isn't that a part of the restriction? Yes. We've, we put restrict. Yeah, you, whatever it's putting the box. I, I like yeah. that Steve said. It. It's putting God inside a very specific little box. That's right. <laughs> where, where And God is not containable. Yeah. Not <laughs> and we I can always, try all we want, but he doesn't do that. That's right. And I always go back to the struggle that John had on the island of Patmos when he was spirited up into heaven and he was charged with the 
the task of describing heaven. Mm -hmm. And with his limited linguistics and his limited mind capacity, he struggled trying to describe the glory of heaven. That's the same thing that we we come upon when we try to compartmentalize God and we try to describe God mm -hmm. because he is indescribable and we don't have the verbal capacity and we don't have the mental capacity to even come close to describing God. But that's not what we're supposed to do. We're not. No. We're not. We're, I mean, we're here to worship and have reverence and to live life gratefully and to enjoy the blessings of it, I, I, you know, I, I don't need to define how. And and God isn't this uh, cosmic Santa Claus that mm -hmm. you know that 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 people try to <laughs> that, that they try to do. And you know, and I saw you wear that nine eleven button, and my my son asked me, Dan, are you guys going to talk about nine eleven tonight? I said, not. I'm not going to because I. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean. And you did. So, well, I mean, so there's the opposing views. It's something very yeah. small that I do just because um, I want to remember everything. Right. But it, right. But you know, but it, it, it's the thing where if we're putting, if we keep trying to put God in a box, I think that maybe that's the point of this command: is don't put God in the box. Oh, yeah. Well, right. he doesn't the, belong. The children there. of Israel attempted to do that at the foot of Mount Sinai. <laughs> While the, while the ink was wet on the contracts. You know and part of that also is that they didn't think they were sinning. They thought they were sacrificing they, they, because they, they were taking... They, they, they basically, exactly what you said, they couldn't comprehend God, so let's make this golden calf. And, and Aaron says, yep, there's your God, right there. Yeah. And in some ways it was so childish because it was like, well, let's do what, you know, we just got out of Egypt and they built big temples and statues. So, you know, that was their God. Let's let's build something to ours. And, and, and you know, literally Moses and God are up there figuratively hammering their, banging their head against right. the wall, saying, ah! Oh. And, and, you know, here's, here's the thing. They brought that up in, in the Man Up class. I mm -hmm. said, you got to give these people a break. Understand this. They just got out of cap captivity. They've been in there for generations. They don't know any better. God, Yes, God delivered them from the Egyptians, what, oh, like a week ago, crossing the red... Crossing but, the Red Sea, and and uh, Moses was up on the mountain for a month. They didn't know if if he was even going to come down. And so what they did is they sacrificed the only thing that they had, I mean, the most expensive mm -hmm. stuff, what gold they had. They all gave it together. You know what I'm saying? But, I, I'm and, saying and of course, that itself is another issue because God is not about gold or that is a gold was valuable to people. Oh, mm -hmm. let's take the things we value most and make it good, good point. And, good point. But, but I'm but I'm going to go back to something, and and this is like this is the this is one of those biblical moments where you got to take a breath because God really doesn't like this idolatry stuff. This ends. This story ends pretty badly in that Moses sends out the Levites and they put three thousand Israelites to the sword. Who participated in this? Right. And, right. And and and, but on the on you know th there was also the the problem again with idolatry is is right there and it it becomes revelry, <laughs> right? I mean right. they may have started out as a worship, but the next thing they know it was it, it doesn't. It, it they're doesn't having a celebration. But let's say it's great. It went down. It went downhill. It, it's well, right. and then well, not only that, there there's one commandment with the promise. That we'll yes. cover mm -hmm. later. Okay. Everybody knows which right. one. Right, right, right. This one has a promise with it too, mm -hmm. but nobody wants to bring the promise up. <laughs> Basically, it, it says at the end of it, I'm a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on mm -hmm. the children on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. And. What did it take to break the Israelites of idolatry? 
captivity, the Babylonian, Babylonian captivity. captivity. Yeah, right. And 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 well, even and even that. Again. Yeah. Yeah, the Assyrians wiped out half, you know, the northern that, well, that kingdom. Was, that was yeah. only that was <clears throat> that happened earlier yes. in 722 yes. BC. 568 mm-hmm. BC is when Jerusalem falls. Mm-hmm. So 10 of 12 get wiped out mm-hmm. completely. Yes. <laughs> and the other ones uh, they get Shipped off to Babylon for a couple of generations. Right, right. Has their penalty for all of this. But let's go back to what you were talking about. The uh, the words visiting the iniquity on the, the subsequent right. generations. I think we have to be very careful there to say that that's not. Don't read into that 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 is God's doing, because the iniquity that's visited on the subsequent generations is because of the attitude that's what of they the learn. parents. Mm-hmm. That's what they and learn. And the parents mm-hmm. impart that lackadaisical, right. idolatrous attitude on the children who then impart it on the grandchildren all the way on down. So it's not anything that God is doing. It's the fact that the people are being idolatrous or are disrespectful or whatever they're doing, and the children learn from that. Learn from their parents, and the grandchildren learn from from them. So right. the curse can be broken if the children yes. turn to the Lord. Right? Yes, right. is that what you're saying? Dude? Exactly. In, in other words, this is not a hard and fast rule. This is a general well, rule that you can look it's at. It's hard and fast only if they don't return to worshiping right. God, and that's the plight of the children of Israel all the way through the Old Testament. Because, well, yes. and, he, and, and if you remember, what was the commandment when they took the Promised Land? What were they supposed to do? Slaughter everyone. Slaughter everyone. Including, including and wipe out all the animals. animals. All the animals. animals. And the why were they supposed to do that, though? So that they, so so they, they wouldn't fall into this. And it does, that does lead back to the culture. Right. And yes. I think that's yeah. where, and I know, Mike, I know you see this day in and day out. Kids that don't really learn right from wrong. Or yeah, because they're, well, their parents don't discipline them. Yeah. Right? That's right. And then, then to, they come visit you. Right. right. To quote Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, teach your children well. Yeah. Well, right? Bill, you made the reference last week to the dog on the chain and the dog that's running free and rugged. And ragged. Um, I, I can remember going up for a trial with a ch- uh, youngster, and his dad was standing beside him. So you had to have a parent there if you were a minor, and you were uh, got a particular violation. In fact, any particular violation for a juvenile. And the officer did not come to court that had stopped him for speeding, running stop sign, wherever it was. And I had to let the case go because I didn't have the police officer. And the dad says, "See, I told you it would get dismissed. I told you we'd get out of it." Uh, uh, teaching him the wrong lesson. I mean, right there. I, I can remember that as distinctly. Right, right. There the first so you gave him the chair anyway. <laughs> no. And with that, we're coming down to the end of uh, Man Up Podcast number 122, correct? All right. 121. 121. This is, this is palindrome week. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and with that, we're going to go ahead uh, one more time, just get some final thoughts from the, uh, from the panelists. And I uh, uh, just want to make a reference. Deacon Kyle is not here one more time. He's still on vacation up in the, the great Northwest. Hope he's having a good time. So, uh, And with that, we're going to go ahead and start with uh, some final thoughts from... Uh, from Judge, who's well-rested. Yes, I do feel better. I'll tell you what, folks, uh, whether it's an idol or not, be careful that what you do day to day, day in, day out, that you don't let it, I guess, control you, that you don't make it such a high point in your life that you deprive others, your family, your church, your God of your heart, of your true heart, whatever you do. The author says... Uh, Robert made reference to uh, Ivan the Great, Ivan the Terrible, earlier, and uh, and he was a what a czar for Russia, and and he would go to church and spend hours what we thought would be worshiping God, and yet he'd come out and do disastrous things and just murderous things after church. Well, the author of our our lesson says, if we go into a church chapel, and we participate in worship, and leave there with our behavior unaffected then we have not worshipped. In other words, are you coming out, when you go to church, 
uh, or listen to a pastor on the TV, do you come out better? Do you come out closer to God? Does your heart change at least minimally toward the Lord? And I think that's very important. And uh, I think that's that ties into me practicality of what we're studying now. Don't make any image, uh, a creature, anything uh, to substitute for me. Right. Excellent. Some final thoughts from you, Pastor Post. I would just simply say that anything in our life can become an idol that can draw us away from God. And I would say that the, thing, the only thing that can fill the void in your life is Jesus Christ. Excellent. Steve Titch. I was going to say that, yeah, this is the, the one way you can see God in human terms is through Jesus. Because uh, that's the one, one case where God actually put Himself into a mortal vessel, uh, and and walked the earth, in uh, or you could say in art in 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 something something we as humans can relate to quite literally, <laughs> and so uh, you know we get we get we were talking about that you know you know God is. Being at all metaphysical, this multi-dimensional being, or however, exists outside of creation, outside of time. You know, he was certainly Michelangelo depicted him as the old man with the you know creation and the Sistine Chapel and popular. Even our children's stuff. We have the children has you know God is the the grand old man with the white with the white hair. But really, we don't know what God is like. And I think it's kind of it was certainly it's sinful to make an idol of it and kind of foolish to try to draw a picture. But we can see uh, we can see God and the Spirit of God and God's character through Jesus, and that's that. If you're looking for God, that's where to look. Excellent, excellent, Professor. Don't try to put God in the box, which that that's really what this lesson's all about. It's putting God in a box. Don't try to put him in a box. He he is his own unique box, and the more we try to put him into our mm-hmm. box the more we create problems for ourselves. The only thing that I would add is if you can define God, you don't really know God. Because <laughs> God is infinite. Ooh. Ooh. And with that, <clears throat> thank you so much. My name is Bill Cox. This is Man Up. Spiritual Voices for Men. We're not pastors, except for Pastor Post. <laughs> We're just regular guys. want to invite you to find us not only on iTunes, but all of our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud. We have a Facebook page at Man-Up. We have a website, which is ManUpSpiritualOasis.com. We are also on iHeartRadio now as well. So we're so glad that you tuned in. Hopefully this is encouraging for you. If you have any questions, go ahead and post it on our Facebook page. We'll be more than happy to, um, to answer them on our next podcast. And we want to encourage you, if you're ever in the Houston or Sugarland area, go ahead and stop in Sugarland Baptist Church. Come to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis uh, uh, Adult Bible Fellowship. <clears throat> but we really want to encourage you to find a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. Go, participate. Find a men's only group. And if there isn't one, star one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.